Welcome to Forefront Radio, Forefront's new podcast series, which features philanthropic, nonprofit, and sector leaders who are making a difference in Illinois and beyond. Forefront is unique for being the nation's only regional association that represents both philanthropy and nonprofits, as well as their advisors and other allies of the sector. Our mission is to build a vibrant social impact sector that improves the quality of life for all the people of Illinois. Learn more about Forefront and how to join at myforefront.org join. I'm Allison Leipziger, Director of Policy and Advocacy at Forefront. Today on Forefront Radio, I'll be joined by Gail Weil, Executive Director of Community Youth Network, and Pat Davenport, Executive Director of A Safe Place. We'll talk about their collaboration called Partnership for a Safer Lake County, which is committed to ending violence in Lake County through public awareness, coordination of services, and advocacy. Thank you, Pat and Gail, for joining us today. Thank you for having us. Yes, it's nice to be here. Thanks. Tell us a little bit about the partnership. What is the structure and who all is involved? So the partnership is formed, it's a membership, and it's formed of all different kinds of stakeholders in the community in Lake County, because what we found is that violence cuts across all uh, human service providers, whether it be elder abuse, child abuse uh, providers, LGBTQ community people, uh, the police, obviously, the state's attorney. You see violence of all forms in all of those areas. So. Uh, our membership is comprised of all of those different kinds of people. Wonderful. And what event or pattern of events led you to believe that building a partnership would be beneficial to the people of Lake County? How did you know that this partnership needed to exist? Sure. Um, I came to a safe place back in July 2012. And in November uh, 2012, I had a new board member, a board president, and uh, we were going through a series of transitions that we decided that we needed to hold a summit in Lake County that would bring different stakeholders together where we could share where a safe place had been, where were we, and where did the people at the table think we needed to go. And out of that came that we needed to create a network in Lake County like the Chicago Battered Women Network, which is dedicated to uh, public policy advocacy and training. At the end of the meeting, I was approached by a funder who was in the audience and said to me that they were willing, that they're willing to entertain a letter of intent from us to create a collaborative. And at first I was like, what do you mean? Give me a little bit more of a hint what you mean by a collaborative. And she said, what was brought up by the group, which it was unison. People really felt that we needed to go this direction. Uh, So I went back to our team and I asked the question, uh, what do you guys think about this? Is this consistent with our mission? Should we pursue it? And the answer was a resound yes, that we needed to pursue this, but they they did not want us to call it a better women network. Uh, 80% of our victims, uh, which is what a safe place does, uh, are from uh, are women, but 20% are men. And if we were to use the word battered women, it would not be inclusive and that we want it to be inclusive versus exclusive. And with a different, uh, you know, gender orientations, uh, which again happens everywhere, we wanted to make sure that we were inclusive. And the foundation loved that. 
and they approved our letter of intent and then we moved on to doing uh, a proposal. So out of that came that we, I went back to our team and I said, okay, what is the data telling us? And even though our clients, the primary reason why they come to us is domestic violence, they usually bring many secondary issues to the table. And from a survey that I had done of our clients back in 2012, I learned that many, about 80% of our clients have been sexually assaulted by their intimate partner, about 75% of our kids being abused and neglected, about 15% of them are elder abused, and about 5% of them were in human trafficking without any gender identification. That was just as a mass number. And it was evident to us that we could not just be about domestic violence, that it had to include all forms of abuse. And I approached the foundation and said, I know this is a little different than what we talked about. Would you like to do this? And they love the concept. Um, and uh, so out of that, that's how it came about. And I want to piggyback on what Pat said. Um, we're a counseling agency primarily, but in I would say 75% of our clients have some kind of violent um, experience in their background, whether it was sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, witnessing a crime or being a crime victim. Uh, the, the numbers are staggering of how many people have experienced this. And we recently went into a school, we do free services at school to help increase access for kids that maybe couldn't have the transportation to get to our office or or whatever and uh, so we sent two therapists there to do groups and the trauma and violence in these young girls past and this was uh, a middle school so they're 13 12 13 year olds the amount of trauma they reported was staggering I mean from witnessing murder to witnessing domestic violence seeing their parents fight alcohol abuse and you know, all the way down to name calling and, and verbal abuse. It was staggering. Every single one of those girls had been affected. When one out of every four women are affected by domestic violence and one out of every seven men, so if you take our county population of over 700,000 people and you look at the population of women and you extrapolate those numbers, that comes out to be about 88 thousand women that are affected by domestic violence in Lake County alone. Now think of the city of Chicago and everywhere else. And the work we do, I mean, that we do is we help everyone. About 30% of our clients come from Chicago because with domestic violence, people don't usually want to stay where they are at because they're going to be found. The bottom line is they want to get away as far as they can. And then that's where we get them in, in our county as a result of that. What was your process for building the partnership? You found this need, you found a solution, how did you go about building it? How do you make decisions as a group and who guides the process? Well, as Pat was saying that um, they were able to get some grant money and they hired a consultant who worked with them in the early stages and the consultant uh, really kept people on track in terms of what do you want to accomplish, what do you want your goals to be? Who do you want to include in this process? That kind of thing. So it was a very democratic process in that regard. And from there, um, we they had focus groups out in the community. And this is before I got involved in it. And the, you, the basic um, point of that was asking those focus groups, is this a need 
uh, what you know do you see this as important in Lake County and do you see this kind of violence occurring in your sector and they did and so a steering committee was formed at that time to you know kind of outline and plan and get things going and then after all of that we came together then as a community and invited all of the stakeholders like I was talking before about people who work with elderly people who work with children sexual assault on and on and we brought everybody together and we asked the question again um, and I think this is really important to note we asked the question again for our first question is do we think this partnership is necessary and it was a resounding yes that everybody was seeing the same need that we saw so we continued we hired or we didn't hire but we put together a steering committee of people that were interested in serving in a in a bigger role or a bigger capacity and we worked um, that is, now we're into the second year we worked with the consulting firm in terms of keeping us on track and helping organize our meetings and that sort of thing and that's where we are today um, we're at the point now we're going to hire somebody to work for us part-time who's going to replace that consulting firm and she's going to be sort of the uh, keeper of the keys if you will and keep us all on track and but we are a membership and we do work on a consensus basis rather than a majority and I think that's important um, because it everybody has a voice and everybody's voice is important and even though <clears throat> say one person may not agree with the way the partnership is going they'll go along with it for the good of the community who was involved in those focus groups how did you choose who was part of those the steering committee um, basically helped develop the list and we just really went after any organization out there who crossed you know in terms of dealing with issues of abuse uh, which it touches many sectors you know in our society uh, it should also be noted too that um, the, in addition to working from the base of a consensus, we also believe that it had to be about representation. So it's not about us without us. You, you know, we should not be talking about child abuse unless I have someone representing that voice at the table. And we consistently asked ourselves the question of, is there something that needs to be done? that can't be done alone. And that was like our mantra that we follow to determine whether the partnership was needed or not. You know, being in a domestic violence agency that we serve over 16,000 people a year from all over, and we have a court program and work with the police and the state's attorneys, but sometimes uh, despite the best intentions of everyone, things happen where advocacy is needed. So my whole thing was about the advocacy piece. That's what I was after. Uh, because we have sometimes police departments that are required to file police reports when a domestic call is made. However, not all police departments do that and they don't get reported. So if you're wondering the impact that that has on a victim is that if she may, if you are a person that was born in this country and you, or you are documented, um, and you need that report to get an order of protection, you are more likely not to get it um, because you are depending on that third party to voice that for you. If you are undocumented and you call the police and they don't file a report, the implications are that you could apply under your visa and VAWA, which is a way on how you can get your documents and become a resident in the U.S., 
is that without the police report, you can't get it. So there, there are major implications that trickle down, you know, to services, which is why I wanted advocacy. What benefits have you seen from the creation of the partnership? What are you now able to provide to Lake County that you weren't able to provide before? Well, we're working on a couple different strategies currently. Uh, number one, we're planning a big conference in the fall, and that conference is going to be speaking to the medical profession, the police, uh, the law profession, educators, and human service providers. And our mission in that, or our goal in having this is to really educate people on what we're doing and what proper responses are if you come across somebody who's you know, been affected by violence. Uh, another thing we wanna do is form a, an entire public awareness campaign where we really involve everybody in the community so that we wanna educate people in order to prevent violence from occurring. We want to also make sure that people that have been affected know where to go. When you bring together 30 plus organizations, individuals with a common denominator to ending abuse who have experience at the table with many of us facing the same issues, then you can really get united and behind a cause. So I'll give you an example. Um, what we have heard from many of our providers there is that even though we're in the world of abuse, which is a very small number, the world out there knows very little about it. And professionals that are, they encounter victims, whether it's a hospital or clergy, are usually not trained on how to handle victims. We just recently did a presentation at a big institution and I was in shock that they had no idea what abuse was and how to identify it, what are the red flags. And that's what everybody's saying at the table. So out of that was born the idea that we needed to have a conference that was targeting professionals that would educate and equip them on what they need to be able to, to kind of spot domestic violence and see what the red flags are and how to work with the victim. I'll give you an example of something that just happened last week. Um, we were working with a victim of domestic violence and we were helping her with different things. And then last week, in the middle of the week, uh, the ex ended up breaking into her house and sexually assaulted her. And uh, she ended up going to the hospital. The hospital, unfortunately, did not have their sexual assault nurse on site, who ended up working with another nurse over the phone, telling her what to do. The kid was done incorrectly. The victim wants to submit and actually uh, go against the abuser for what he did, and she can't because the way on how things were collected was not done according to protocol. Now, to make matters worse, the nurse that was there was very frazzled and was taking it out on the victim. And on top of that, she learned that this person wants to become a counselor. And the, a nurse told her, she said, well, I guess it's good that happened to you because now you're gonna know how to work with your clients. So again, that kind of goes to give you a picture of what happens in our counties and our cities that most people don't know how to work with victims. They are all well-intended. I know that this nurse had no intentions of hurting her. She wanted to empathize and find a way to find a positive in it. 
But when you work with victims, that's not what you do. And um, that's why this conference is so needed. But also piggyback to why we need so much awareness. People don't realize that abuse is out there. Uh, most people think that because we're in Lake County, that we're in this bubble and there is no abuse, but abuse goes all across, uh, you know, social class, races, you name it. And uh, that's why we want to do the awareness campaign. And we are right now exploring ways on how to partner with Chicago Says No More to possibly create an affiliate in Lake County uh, or a collaborative work where we would have a Lake County Says No More because people need to know about abuse and what happens and how children experience abuse, how you know victims are affected by this. Many organizations have tried partnerships and collaborations before, but with less success. What has made your partnership so successful and how are you maintaining that momentum? I think one of the reasons it's been successful is because like we've said, violence cuts across the entire human sector. You know, so it, it occurs in so many ways at so many levels and it's something that everybody can relate to. Probably everybody in this room knows somebody or some kind of violent incident that happened to somebody that they love or know. And it's the same in our human service field. So I think that's number one. Another thing that is occurring, which is kind of neat, it's, it's not all just executive directors at the table. We have executive directors and line staff and um, managers. And so there's a nice combination of everybody sort of rolling up their sleeves and working together. And which t sometimes when you get a whole room of executive directors, it can get competitive, I think. And we don't have that sense of competitiveness here. It, it, there really is the spirit of collaboration that we want to do something as a whole for Lake County. The other piece too, I think that is, is that having a common denominator with no one having a specific agenda mm -hmm. and having someone that is very neutral leaded. So having a consultant who got our vision of what we wanted to do, but not representing just my interest, but representing the interests of everyone there at the table. And um, and they, like Gail says, they just jump at doing the work is what is amazed me is to, they, mm -hmm. they know it, they get it, and they know that we can create change and that just keeps them motivated because they are seeing it. Uh, you know, our first year one, we were only planning on just doing a feasibility study and they moved almost right into movement. And our second year was supposed to be a planning year and they've already been doing a lot of work in relation to our priorities. So it's like people are really interested, they are vested uh, and they feel that they can make a difference through this forum. And what about challenges? I imagine oh, yeah. there are many challenges along yeah. the way. Um, what challenges have you faced so far and, and what have you done to overcome them? Um, I think probably our biggest challenge was that in the beginning there were some people that thought it might be a duplication of services. Um, that there are other bodies in the county that um, pull people together and, and look at issues. Um, so there was that thought, but the, again, the people at the table decided, it was overwhelmingly decided that this was necessary and needed, and so we went forward. Another challenge has been finances when, um, you know, the consultant that we had hired, you know, money ran out for that eventually, 
but um, we've so we've had to get creative with how we're going to fund this new position, and um, we charge dues. And like Pat said, we have over thirty some agency. Everybody pays dues, and we're looking at some other grant opportunities and things like that, so that we're able to keep that position going. What advice would you give organizations considering putting together a collaboration like this? Be truly collaborative. You gotta mm-hmm. talk your walk. You know, is is. I think that's key, and ensure that that is guarded very dearly throughout the entire process. Because with me, you know, with a safe place being the fiscal sponsor. People sometimes can default to a safe place uh, for leadership. And it's like, no, you know, we need to have chairs that are going to run this process. And that's where Gail stepped up from her organization, as well as uh, Jamie Kephart, who is a civic organizer, you know, in Lake County, who are the co-chairs for this. And I'm just one representative on a committee of about eight to nine people. Uh, and then they are the ones who run the show. I'm just there to support what they want. Uh, so it's really about staying collaborative throughout with no specific agendas. And hearing you said something to me in the car is about listening to the people and what they want. You know, with our three strategic priorities being uh, public awareness, uh, service coordination, and advocacy, I wanted advocacy number one. And it barely ranked number three, but the people spoke. And if that's what they wanted, then that's where we were headed, regardless of where I was at with that issue. What is the future of the partnership? Where will you be in five years? So I have this vision, um, and, and it may just be my vision, but I think it would be really neat to have stakeholders coming from all different sectors in Lake County not just human services. Like, I would love it if we had, you know, our partnership radio station that would partner with us and broadcast everything that we're doing and and get the word out there. Um, I would love to have corporate participation, businesses, hospitals. People come across victims all the time and don't realize it. So, um, and I have this idea that we talked about kind of a slogan and we thought, you know, it ends with you. And the idea of putting the responsibility on each and every person that lives in this county, and, and we really believe that that's, that that's true. It ends with each and every one of us. So I envision this collaboration that involves every different kind of stakeholder in Lake County coming together and really working to end this in our community. And I think it's very relevant and current given what's going on in the nation and in Chicago with um, gun violence especially. Just I echo what Pat was saying about the members and how everybody's just kind of dug in and and really uh, taken this to heart and and they're working hard and I think it sets an example for what other you know towns or counties are really able to do when people collaborate. Thank you so much for joining us today, Pat and Gail. To learn more about the Partnership for a Safer Lake County, contact Pat Davenport at p davenport at a safe place for help.org. For more information on Forefront's work in supporting the collective action of our members, visit myforefront.org/ourwork. Be sure to subscribe to Forefront Radio on iTunes so you don't miss an episode or find us via SoundCloud. If you like what you heard, send us a tweet at myforefront. <laughs>